What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Off the Post Boston Sports. It's me and Carter. How you doing, Carter? Doing about as good as I can. How you doing? We've got sports back. They are like, back. I, I don't even know what to say, how to feel, how to react. This this is great. Just taking it one game at a time. Literally, as the Sox got down by Baltimore today, seven to two, puts them at one and one quite early, but. I don't know how much of baseball you've watched so far. It's uh, it's different with no fans. I uh, I'm I was a hundred percent wrong. I thought for sure, watching on TV, it wouldn't have made much of an impact or difference. But uh, I'm not really feeling it with no fans. I'm not. See, I'm I am sort of indifferent about it. It doesn't really affect me too much. It's definitely a trip, but um, for me, it's kind of nice. Especially like when a, if there's a foul ball and it's going right towards the wall and these players can kind of send it without having to run into fans or have hands reach out in their face. It's kind of it's just baseball at its purest for me. I do like the crowd noise that they're pumping in. I'm definitely a fan of that. Uh, I think it definitely makes the you players. Are. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it makes the players feel as if there is stuff going on throughout the stadium. As a player, as a fan, really doesn't impact me whatsoever. Sitting at home. But I definitely think as a player, the crowd noise being pumped in kind of gives them the mental standpoint of there are people here. I don't know. I, 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 I could live without the crowd noise. I think, you know, when they started doing it for soccer at the beginning, I thought it was weird. I think this is weird. I'm glad they're they're not doing it for, for Major League Soccer. Um, what's, what's nice is what they've done over the Premier League in England is they give you the – with NBC Sports, um, if you go through the app – uh, or online, uh, you can opt in to listen to it with what they call natural sound or they call enhanced, which is with the crowd noise. And I always pick natural sound just because I love hearing the communication between the players. I think it's it's just it's just about the game for me. Well, I will say one sport, I'd be lying if I told you if I remembered who it was, but one sport is allowing fans to actually make their own chants on their cell phone and they will actually pump them out to where you could actually be part of the crowd noise that they're doing. I think that's the NBA. Yeah, I think you're right. But it'll allow you to sit there and be interactive with the game. And grin, the chance of you hearing yourself on the TV is probably going to be slim. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how they actually do that. It is interesting. One of the cool things that I like that the the Revolution did was, um, we'll, and we'll get to them later, but for the first couple games down in Orlando, they had um, drive-in viewing parties at uh, Gillette Stadium. So you could, if for season ticket holders, you could drive on, uh, onto the field, which was obviously covered by a platform, but you could drive onto the field and watch the game uh, from your cars on the big screen at, at Gillette. That's awesome. Have you made it out there yet? I haven't. Um, you know, for especially for you know, it would have been nice to be able to go there for work, but uh, I have not made it out to Gillette. I figured you would have been one of the first ones there, standing in line. No, nah, I'm not a season ticket holder, unfortunately. Ah, good point. Good point. Um. So, yeah, baseball's back. Baseball is just like baseball always is, guys, and I'm not knocking the sport itself. But uh, it takes a little while to kind of get it ramped up. It'll be kind of a dull period in between. Um, Carter, all I know is if you're a fan of any baseball team, you can't start off 10-20 and with this shortened season. No. Or you're going to be in trouble. Granted, they announced yesterday that there will be 16 teams in the playoffs, not 10. Um Still not a fan of that. I wish they would have kept it at 10. I understand the circumstances, but you're literally allowing half of the field into the playoffs, which, I mean, that could be a team that's well below 500 that still gets in. 
Well, I do understand why people are going to be like, well, you know, now that baseball isn't even worth watching. I disagree. I think it with, you know, half the season, essentially less than half the season being played. I think it's going to be sort of the same scenario with the, with the NHL, with that, with that play in series where, you know, teams that might've been on the fringe, you know, 60 games in or teams that, you know, could had a chance to turn it around. Now it gives them an opportunity to prove themselves in, in the postseason. Correct. And I mean, it, we talked about it before when COVID hit and they announced the NHL playoffs, a team that finishes number one, like the Bruins, you're going to have fans be mad that they're not guaranteed the number one seed teams that are completely have no chance of making the playoffs are going to be excited that they're in the playoffs. If a team that wasn't supposed to make it wins at all, it's going to be awkward and frustrating and there can definitely be controversy brought about it. But at the same time, you have to be excited that there is playoffs, whether it's NBA, NHL, regular season baseball. You just got to be excited that sports are coming back. And no matter what way a league determines how they're going to do things, somebody is going to be upset about it, period. Yeah. There's, there's, there's nobody that's going to be – yeah, personally, I love the fact that we, as, the Bru- as a Bruins fan, that we get to play in a round robin against three other teams that are the best in the league and not get eliminated while these other teams are fighting to get into the full tournament, fresh off of practice, we get to play three other teams that are really good and not get eliminated. I don't, I don't want to be the number one seed because if Toronto beats Columbus, I don't want to play Toronto at Toronto. I really don't. Granted, yeah, you know, we ha- they have no home fans to, to rally them up any, any more than they already need to, but it's still their home ice. It's just that slim, slim advantage that means everything in the postseason. Yeah, you can speak to it uh, playing college sports. When, when you're at home, you're home. You're, you're in your same locker room. Like, everything's the same. It's normal to you. With or without fans, it's normal. It's normal for you. And, like, you have your, like you said, you have your routine. You have your, you have your locker. You can arrive on time. You, you didn't just get off a, a bus for God knows how many hours. And you're protecting your home turf or your home ice, whatever you want to call it. But it's, it, it, it adds that value to you. I would have been more of a fan if they would have made Toronto play in Edmonton to where Toronto couldn't have that extra home ice. You know what I'm saying? I understand it. I also think that there's only so much that the NHL could do. Agreed. Um, so, And I think with, with no fans, it's going to take away that huge advantage that they would have. Granted, we just, what we, you know, not negating what we just talked about, but I did see like a mock sketch of what they're going to do with the stands and, and with the with um, the backdrops and everything to make it a little bit less to like excuse me make it a little bit more neutral. So it looks I'm, amazing. Yeah. By the way, looks amazing. It reminds me of almost like a NFL blitz video game or something that's just out of the ordinary. But it, it definitely looks really cool how they're about to do that. It's almost like what they're doing in the NBA. Oh yeah, which also nicely done NBA. Yeah, no, I, I give all these leagues credit for what they're doing. Yes, so many people are upset by it, but unless it's a sport like NASCAR when you're sitting at home and the fans do not affect you whatsoever, period, no matter what's going on, it's going to be different, and we got to adapt to it. And we spoke spoke about it before, the NHL talking about restarting the, the next season in December is huge for them because they're not going to have to compete for TV ratings with the NBA. They will actually have the Stanley Cup playoffs all by themselves and not have to compete with another league. 
Exactly. Now, when it comes to the Bruins, there are some concerns. There are many concerns, actually. <laughs> uh, I know Casey or Kashe, however anybody wants to pronounce it, will not be traveling at all. And they said two forwards will not be going. One of them being him, which they have not announced. I actually got that through a source very close to the Bruins. The second guy, I don't know who it is, and I'm really, really hoping it's not Pasternak. I saw a photo of Pasternak training recently, I thought, in a team photo. So I'm assuming he's going to be going. I hope you're right. For everybody that got upset and thought he wasn't going to be available to play, Basically, what happened, he came in contact out on a Saturday night with somebody that did test positive for COVID. The unfit to play, participate, practice, whatever they want to deem it as, that was just taking precautions to make sure that, yes, he was not positive, one, which he came back negative, two, that if he was, he wasn't going to affect anybody else. Exactly. But everybody jumped ship, made a big stink about it right out the gate, and said that he's got COVID, he won't play, hopefully he makes it back for the second round. No, that's Bruce Cassidy just doing Bruce Cassidy things and doing the right thing. Yep. But we'll find out more come, uh, what is it, Thursday or Friday the 30th, where we play Columbus and just the exhibition game? That's, I think, what you're – I think you're right there. Yeah, I know it's the 30th. I just don't know what day it falls on. I think it's either Thursday or Friday, but – uh It'll be on NHL Network. It will be an exhibition game. Nothing matters. It's like a warm-up. But it'll be good to see these guys on the ice. Do you think the physicality, do you think the fighting, do you think... I don't think any fighting. I think no fighting is going to happen. What makes you say that? A, I don't think anybody wants uh, to risk an injury uh, at this point. Uh, they think they really want to get these these games going. I think they miss hockey. I don't think they want to risk busting their hands up, getting the concussion um anything like that so i think i think it's gonna i think we're gonna see a lot of playoff style hockey which is just you know no, n- slim to no fighting unless something egregious happens but do you see the energy being down at all with no fans you know i have to imagine it'll be slow at first um a little ru- a, a lot of rust um just people getting their legs back under them people getting you know finally live gameplay against another opponent um, but I, I don't think, I think eventually it'll pick back up once, especially once the NHL decides what they want to do with crowd noise, um, if anything, and with, you know, with the, with those screen backdrops with fans chanting and whatever, whatever they want to do creatively. Um, I think it'll pick back up eventually. I have to add though, I think the Bruins are going to miss Andre Kasha a lot more than people realize. Absolutely. We saw what he was capable of the second he started getting his skates under him um, and his connection with Krejci and Pasternak. Uh, it was just it was it was just a little bit more seamless than any other trade would be, I think, at that time. And he's going to be missed. It also helped that he had a line mate from Anaheim also on the same line. But exactly. I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I don't know the reasoning behind it because they haven't come out saying why two forwards aren't going. Um I'm speculating that we should all find out within the next 72 hours because Boston will land in Canada tomorrow night at 5 p.m. So they'll be over there. And I think once they get over there and the media does get to Bruce, it's going to have to be announced who and why that they didn't travel. 
That doesn't mean that they can't travel at all. I, I, I wouldn't assume. I don't think just because you don't go on the original flight, there's absolutely no opportunity over the next couple months that you can't go. Um, I know the borders to Canada is open for the teams to be able to get there. They're supposed to officially open for just standard residential travel on August 21st. So I, I don't know how much that deems anything either, but uh, it'll definitely be interesting. I'm still excited. Um, I still think we can come back and do it, basically pick up where we left off. Um, I don't see any concern in that aspect. Yeah, the, the, I guess if you want to take something positive away from Kasha not being able to travel right now, he, you know, we're not losing a core guy at the moment. Correct. Now, we've talked about no fans. Trending over to the NFL, there are no fans. As of right now, there there is no preseason. They did get approval yesterday that there will be a season, so we will have football. Um, a lot of teams, I saw a little bit about the Patriots, Carolina Panthers, and uh, a couple other organizations to where they're going to allow 20 to 25% of fans and season ticket holders that will be first come, first serve for them. Um, that leads me into Cam Newton. And I will put on the record, me and you have talked about it off the record, I've never been a Cam Newton fan. I've always disliked the guy. I've never been a huge guy of all the celebrating, all the taunting, all the pouting, all the pregame, postgame, off the field antics that he does have. With that being said, if anybody can adjust him, which is for any of you that have not seen it, just go to the most recent video of him landing at Logan Airport. That man is quiet. Bill Belichick has had a conversation with him that said, don't talk unless you have to. I'm seeing a whole different Cam Newton, and I've lived in North Carolina since he's come in the league. I'm seeing a completely different Cam Newton than I've seen before. And Carter, he is hungry. I'm so scared for the rest of the NFL if he plays to what he's capable of and what we've seen him do. Because he's never really been completely healthy until now. Correct. He's never been more hungry and had a chip on his shoulder like he does right now. And he's he's so eager to get working with guys like Edelman and Sanu and Nikhil Harry. He's thrown with them and he's where he's gonna he's in communication with Jarrett Stidham, a fellow Auburn guy. And it's Cam Newton, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels have never had or at least, you know, in my lifetime have never had the ability to work with a dual threat quarterback, with the option that they have in Cam Newton, who looks, by the way, stronger than I've ever seen him based on his workout videos. But he looks like a beast. And a lot of people have to understand he went from a number one draft pick, NFL MVP, a guy that led the team, led a team to a Super Bowl, to completely being humbled and not wanted by 31 other teams and not having a job. The fact that that man signed a contract, which Richard Sherman came out saying the contract that we offered Cam was just disrespectful. Well, no matter what's offered, if the man signs the contract, that means he agrees upon it. So the fact that he agreed to sign a former MVP, first round draft pick, agreed to sign a $550,000 contract with $7.5 million worth of incentives, tells me he's got something to prove. And to your point, if he is healthy, if he is healthy and he he buys in, he will be very good. The problem he had in Carolina 
on the field and off the field, he had to be the leader. And he struggled with that. He really struggled being the leader in the locker room and on the field when they were losing. He doesn't have to worry about being the leader in New England. Julian Edelman is 100% the leader in that locker room. And I can also say I personally think he is on the field. So Cam's going to be able to go out there and perform and have Julian Edelman by his side working with him consistently. Oh, yeah, it's... It it fits his style. It fits his it fits what he needs. He doesn't need to be the leading voice. He just needs to be the play caller, and he just needs to prove everyone wrong. I talked about in my article on my website, Thirty Second Sports. I talked about the similarity the similarities that he and Tom Brady do share. They have a chip on their shoulder. They have to prove everyone that they're worth something. They so Cam Newton brought a team with a, with limited offensive weapons and an incredible defense to the Super Bowl. If that doesn't remind anyone of a recent Patriots team, I don't know what does. So Very recent. <laughs> and so it's just, there's a lot of things that are still up in the air. We have no idea. We cut Tim Tebow and Chad Ochocinco before week one when we had them on our roster. So you never know with, with Bill Belichick, especially with a contract as cheap as this. It's just, if it works out, Oh my goodness, did Bill Belichick pull another one out of the air? And it it could be one of those things. He could be bringing him in to make uh to make Stidham fight for a starting spot. Yeah. It, and it, like if you look at if you look at Jared Stidham, he, you know, what did he get? One regular season snap or one a couple of regular season snaps and then threw an interception and almost blew the game and then they took him back out. Yeah. That's not like However high the team may be on Jared Stidham, on his potential and his how high his ceiling may be, he's not ready. How many seasons was Tom Brady in, in the league before he, before he went in for Drew Bledsoe? No, you're 100% right. And if he can if, – if Bill Belichick can sit Stidham behind Tom Brady for a year and then behind Cam Newton for another year and then go ahead and be a starter, I love that thought process. And worse comes to worse – you know, Cam Newton has a breakout. You know, the worst thing that happens is, you know, Cam Newton has a breakout year. Jarrett Stidham sits for another year. Cam Newton's value goes through the roof. Another team offers the Patriots, you know, a first rounder or an, another all star player. Then the Patriots just just bought low and sold high. No, I agree with you 100%. And worst, worst comes to worst, he could easily have a stellar year, and then the Patriots franchise tag him, and he plays another year with us, and it still isn't. We use the tag, and we don't have to unload money on him. I mean, there's so many different aspects, and we went we went from a Patriots team that was so hated with Tom Brady to where Tom Brady leaves, and we become the laughing stock of every Patriot hater saying, you guys have nobody, you have some guy named Stidham, you don't know anything about him. All this, to all of a sudden, we have a former number one overall draft pick and NFL MVP that wasn't a Super Bowl. And now everybody's sitting back saying, wait a second, are they back? Or did we ever leave? Did we ever? <laughs> I like that because I've had the argument with people that say, oh, that dynasty's over. Why is it over? What, what actually determines a dynasty being done? We haven't even got to play this season. 
And for all you Dolphin fans that probably aren't listening because there's no reason you'd be listening to off-the-post Boston sports, but if you are, Tua is not starting this year. The Dolphins are going to hold him back for another year. So with Tua not starting, the Bills being the Bills, and the Jets just being Jets, that division is wide open. And don't forget, Carter, two more teams are going to be in the wild card this year. It's going to be it's going to be a very like well I'll say this if we get past week 2 pending no issues with covid I'm just going to leave that there if we get past week 2 it's going to be a very interesting NFL season Absolutely And I want to you know sticking with the craft of the Patriots let's go to the craft let's go to craft of the revolution for a second the revolution are now in the round, the round of 16 tournament tonight at 10:30 p.m. I believe on ESPN and the MLS is back tournament in the same uh, bubble in um, in Orlando as the NBA at Disney World. They play. They take on the Philadelphia Union, and I know you don't have much to say about soccer, but I'll just I'll take it from here. Um, the Revolution, you know, Boston has a history of having big threes. You know, we had the big three with the Celtics. We had we had we had we got the big three right now with the Bruins. We with you know with uh, Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand. We had a big three in. In um, in New England, we had you know you could we had a big like nine in New England for a while, but the Revolution now have three designated players, all of which who are leading Major League Soccer in every important stat category. With Carlos Hale as a midfielder, who's actually going to probably going to be sidelined tonight with another foot injury, Gustavo Bo, who just scores goals at his will, and Adam Buxa, their newest signing from Poland, who just if you throw a ball, you know. Up in the air in the, in the box. He, chances are he's going to head it in the back of the net. Matt Turner, probably one of the best breakout goalkeepers in Major League Soccer, is just continuing what he did last year and just not – I think he only has one goal allowed and it was a given away inside the box. The Revolution have a lot to prove with this round of 16 tournament. And to follow up with that, like I said, I'm going to say it starts again tonight at 10.30 p.m. ESPN 2. And per uh, The Athletic – the major major league soccer's regular season will return on August 22nd and how it's going to work is each club is going to play 18 matches and the playoffs will begin November 20th with the, with the MLS cup being played on December 12th. So there will be a regular season for major league soccer back uh, in, in the stadiums once this tournament ends in Orlando. Do you think once the tournament ends, do you think there should opt for all outdoor events do you think an X amount of fans should be allowed to an outdoor event? I saw an article somewhere. I can see if I can find it right now. Uh, but they're going to, they're planning, what I believe I saw is they're planning on allowing a limited uh, number of fans in uh, designated markets that are, that, you know, are allowing people to gather in larger groups. It's you know, again for the athletic major league soccer will allow fans to return to the stadiums if local state governments permit it in their tentative regular season return plan. So depending on where you are, you may see some fans in attendance. Cause my thing is, especially being a NASCAR fan, they've allowed 30,000 at one event and 60,000 at another and knock on wood, no COVID cases have come about it. If you can social distance in an outdoor facility and you could put fans that aren't in their own group, if you can put them six to ten feet away from each other, 
there's nothing wrong with filling 20 and 25 percent of a stadium i don't think i think if they you know if they regulate it well and they they stick to their plan and then everyone does their part i think it could work it could be worth it it'll be interesting i just think we need to slowly start getting fans back together but i also understand how serious this is and how it's it's just affecting everybody. It's affecting people at work. Um, So I know it's nice to have sports back, but on the flip side, you've got to protect people. You have to. You got to protect. You got the parking attendants. You got the security. You got the, the, the team staff. You got everyone working at the stadium. It's just everyone's, everyone's lives are at stake. Whether that sounds extreme or not, it's the truth. Yeah, no. So no matter what you believe in or how you feel about this whole thing, people's lives are at stake based off of you. You can't put a parking attendant's life at risk just to be able to get 20,000 people into a stadium. You can't do it. It's not fair, but we're back. Our page is back guys. It's, it's been slow turning on the page. We haven't done a whole lot of podcasting. Everything's just kind of been slow and in neutral mode. Due to the fact that besides the Cam Newton signing, a little bit of soccer being back, baseball just now getting back, there hasn't been a whole lot for us to entertain you guys with. But I think me and Carter are both hoping over the next couple weeks, things will start getting back to normal on the social media platform. We'll be able to start getting more stuff in front of you, whether it be breaking news, results of games, conversation starters, anything in general. Yeah, we're we're doing what we can, especially with the Instagram page. Um, just keeping you guys updated on trades, on on the revs. Uh, like I said, ten thirty tonight on ESPN. Um, ESPN two to make it exact. Yep. So, just if you you know if you are really sport deprived, check out the revs. Maybe you might. Uh, Develop a, a, a fandom for them. So, so for any for anybody that does any type of gambling, Carter. Yes. Do you put money on the Revs tonight? Uh, the Philadelphia Union are really, really good, and they have one of the one of the better goalkeepers in Andre Blake, uh, who's from Jamaica, um, and does very well with the Jama- the Jamaican national team as well. It's going to be tough because the Revolution, through you know through the group stage of this tournament. I believe only scored uh, two or three goals. Uh, they won one game and they tied twice. And the Philadelphia Union have really no shortage of scoring power. If the Revolution can figure out a way to put more than than one goal uh, away, then which they're more than capable of. But it was it was the story of last season, and it's the story of the beginning of this one. Um, if they can if they can put multiple goals in the net. They have a really good shot of going far in this tournament. Could you over under two and a half goals? What are you thinking? I would take Total. the under on that just because of how good the goalkeeping is on both sides. Yes. Okay. That would be. Or is there any more soccer tonight, or is it just just the Revs? Uh, if there are, I think they have already kicked off. Because uh, since it's going to be like the NHL, there's going to be games. All, there's games all day long. So if there if there are games today, I think I believe they have already kicked off or will kick off soon. Gotcha. Well, speaking of kicking off, do you have anything to end the end the chat with besides that? Nothing for me. 
Guys, it was awesome. This was a quick one, 30 minutes long. We're back. Sports are back. Everything's about to get really interesting. Again, we appreciate all the support that you guys hanging with us through all these times. And uh, Carter, it's a pleasure as always. Guys, it's all Boston, all sports, all the time. It's off the post. Stay safe. Stay safe, Carter.